Well, good morning from me. Uh, great to see you all. My part now is just to open up an answer to this question. How does Jesus help with Christmas loneliness? Uh, which is, because Christmas is, is quite exciting for lots of people. Um, but actually, there's a fair few people, particularly this year, <clears throat> who are lonely and sad. And Christmas actually conjures up that sense that I'm outside of something everyone else is a part of. Andy talked about helping lonely homeless people. If anybody's drawing at home, doing little Christian artwork, maybe draw Andy helping homeless people, or the church helping homeless people. So maybe my boys will do that as well. How, do we, how does Jesus help um, lonely people at this time of year. Let me give you some statistics just to bring home how prominent loneliness is. According to recent statistics, loneliness is as bad or worse a health issue for humans as smoking and obesity. Um, loneliness increases the risk of early death by increases the risk of depression, dementia, and heart disease. If you have a prevailing sense of loneliness, it can be quite catastrophic. Nine million people in the, long, in the UK, that's 14% of the population, declare themselves at the moment either always or often lonely. In, in uh, January 2018, the Minister for Loneliness in the government said that the UK spent £32 billion that year on trying to combat the problem of loneliness. Um, and research shows that if anybody listening this morning feels different in some way to everybody else, that's a major contribution, a contributing factor to feeling lonely. Now, I've made a list of what might make people feel lonely. Loneliness could be this. You've got no one around you this Christmas, which is a massive thing in 2020 with all the current laws. But it also can be this. You might have loads of people around you, but you feel nobody gets you and you feel lonely. Um, it might be that you don't feel intimately connected to anyone on planet Earth. What's interesting about loneliness is the trend of loneliness is growing alongside overpopulation. So there's more people than ever, but what's come in is electronic relationships, which are quite prevalent at the moment. So in a human way, we still feel disconnected, even though the population's sky high and we are interconnected electronically. Lots of people are still asking, does anybody really get me? And at Christmas, that question often comes to the fore for many people. Um, I used to pastor teenage girls who would get up at five o'clock in the morning to do their makeup for two hours before school because they felt they had to be or look something apart before they could feel part of the gang. That, to me, is a cause of loneliness. I've helped alcoholics and drug addicts who say, quite often, they started on that path because they used to feel part of nothing. Nobody got them, so they found comfort elsewhere in those destructive habits. 
There are marriage breakups in the UK at a high percent at the moment where one or both partners feel they felt outside of a joy that they thought they were going to get in marriage. And in the Western society, the rat race, people are ultra busy at the moment with work and chasing the dreams. And it's actually often masking a problem. If I slow down, I might have to confront that I feel quite lonely often in my life. So that's the title. Christmas loneliness. Can Jesus help? How does he help? Because at church this Christmas, we believe Jesus is alive. Baby Jesus is alive forevermore. Not as baby Jesus, he grew up. Which means he's interested today in that stuff that humans go through. Christmas loneliness and the grit. But how does he help us? And I've got three little ways this morning. Number one, Jesus was born, as Andy read, and knew what it was from a young age to be and feel lonely. So he gets it when we're lonely. Number two, he promises those that trust him will one day have an end of their loneliness. And number three, he's given us a taste now of what that world to come will be like, where there is no loneliness or feeling outside of anything. He's given us a taste of that now that we can be a part of now and today. So, just to break it up, uh, open that up for the second half of this, Jesus knew what it was to be lonely. He gets it. My friend, his family all got sick last year. They all had sickness at the same time. And he said they were all just sprawled out on the living room floor, feeling ill and being ill with no energy. And my friend told me, They've never been closer as a family than then because they were all going through the same thing together and understood what they were going through. I don't know if you do this. If you have a tough day or feel lonely, you ring someone who you know has been through what you've been through and they just get it in a way that perhaps others don't. Listen to this verse about Jesus in Hebrews 4. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We've got a high priest who sympathizes and gets what we go through because he's been through loneliness. Now, I've made a list of some things that might have caused Jesus, the living God, to be lonely. And so he gets what we go through. And he read about his birth. Unto you is born this day uh, from the line of David, a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. But what next? He grew up, and Andy read a bit about it. He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. Listen to this. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to Jesus. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Jesus wasn't physically attractive. That's what Isaiah 53 says. So in school, or whatever he would have done back then, he'd be with his friends who would have been much more attractive than him. Perhaps they were sporty. But he wasn't like that. People didn't follow him because of his good looks. 
He wasn't popular for that. No one was chasing him because he was the popular kid. Remember that one? What about this one? I think Nick mentioned this last week. In Luke 17, when Jesus um, was on earth, he often healed and helped people. But they rarely said, thank you. That can be a cause of loneliness. When Jesus saw that he was healed after he healed ten people, one came back and said, thanks. And Jesus asked, were not all ten people cleansed? Where are the others? Only one came back to say thank you. So when the dust settled often for Jesus, and he'd done a good thing, he healed people, he was massively unappreciated, which is a cause for people's loneliness. Today and back home he went. That would have hurt us. I got another one, also from Isaiah 53. Surely Jesus took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by God, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. Jesus cared about people's pain more than we do, their suffering and their worries more than we do, and he carried them. Jesus carried people's sin and the weight of that, and it killed him because he chose to carry that. What a weight to carry by himself. I got another one. Judas betrayed him, one of his best friends, with a kiss. And then the mob grabbed him, seized him, and butchered him on a cross. Betrayed by his best friend, or one of them. So to summarize, just to emphasize that everyone listening this morning has a high priest in heaven, if you would only trust him, he gets it. He was, as a 12-year-old boy, teaching in the temples, and the other teachers would be looking at him going, how does he know so much? That would make him feel a bit self-conscious, maybe. He wasn't physically attractive. His mission wasn't to be sporty. He had a much more weighty mission than that. People rarely thanked him. His friends betrayed him. He carried sadnesses that weren't his own. He is the most unappreciated human that ever walked on planet earth. And he's a swear word to most people in society at the moment. So are you lonely at Christmas? You can't choose your season. But you can choose your song. And your song this morning can be, Jesus will be my light when I feel loneliness this time of year. He will. I will walk and talk to my high priest who gets it and sympathizes it and will with me and will end it. Can't choose my season, but that will be my song this time of year. He promises he will end it. I just want to speak now to those that have lost loved ones in Jesus this difficult year, or for those 
who it's being conjured up, the sense of loss from years go by. Here's a promise or two from Jesus. After his crucifixion and resurrection and ascension, we know that you can rely on this promise. Do not let your hearts be troubled, says Jesus. You believe in God? Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. I will come back to you to be, that you may be with me, and I will take you to where I am going. Here's another one. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor COVID, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us, the Jesus people, from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are not alone. Rest on those promises. And now I'm going to close by saying this. He's also giving us, given us a taste of that world where there is no loneliness that we can experience now. All of us in the meantime. Victory in Jesus can be experienced now. And most of you who are getting to know me know what I'm going to say for this last point. For Christmas loneliness, Jesus has invented and gifted to lonely people in the world, spirit-filled, hope-filled, Jesus-centered church members like you. See, there's a lie going around. And only spirit-filled, Jesus-centered church members can knock it dead like it should be. And Jesus is sending church out to reach people who are being battered by this lie. The heart of a lot of loneliness for people listening this morning is this. We have a godless view of what a person is. Let me explain. What is a person? In a lot of Western thought, a person is defined as an individual. An individual is a self-contained unit. As Descartes said, and you all love Descartes, don't you? Scholars that you are. I think, therefore... Oh, you can't answer in COVID, can you? I am. I am. What he's saying there is, I, he's thought of himself as an individual, and from that point on, he can argue everything else in life. As long as he's sure about himself. And what Descartes is doing there <clears throat> is spreading a lie that is the complete opposite view of what a person is, according to Jesus, the Bible, and church. Because in reality, a person is not an individual. And you shouldn't live like you are. A person is a member of a community. Everything about us is defined by our relationship to other people. I am born from a prior relationship. I grow up and learn in relation to other people. My name was given to me by someone else. How I understand myself is a product of the relationships I have. Whenever a person even says this, I have finally realized 
that I had to decide who I really am. They only do this because we live in a society where that type of thought is encouraged. Each individual product that's encouraged is from a community that's encouraging it. And here's the kick in the teeth. When you go down that lie that you're just an individual, so much loneliness kicks in. Because that worldview means this. Your life is now all about my looks, my wealth, my job, my ability, my skills, my popularity. And there's no longer any room in Descartes' head for anyone else other than I am. And then we wonder why we're feeling alone at Christmas. In church, we believe something else, and I invite everybody listening to trust in Jesus today and join local church. Our arms are open for you. We believe this, and we show it, and we're to live it this Christmas. Our life is about Him. That's what we're made for. We're made in His image, and He is Father, Son, and Spirit, a family of three in one. Our lives and worldview are to expand to fit Him in and other people. Less of us, more of Him and serving other people. And in church, we do that together. See, the fundamental issue as I close, the fundamental issue with humanity is that it needs to abandon itself into the safe care of the Heavenly Father. That's what we all need to do. And church is where we learn to do that together. We know that we are safe in the arms of the living God. Whatever comes to us this Christmas. And we have church family with us. He will get me through this difficult patch. We believe it. We trust it. And we train each other to believe and trust it more in church. And that's why each week we pray the prayer that Jesus demanded gets prayed in the life of church, which starts with this, our, our Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, not mine, yours. And we're all much better off when we tune into that. Because as a church, we tune into you, Father, your angels reigning supreme this morning, archangels with the martyrs and the saints all worshipping the Lamb Jesus Christ together, and your kingdom on earth that we're a part of, we start our thought processes with that. And from there, oh, someone unfriended me on Facebook. Seems a lot less important, or I'm not as good looking as I'd like to be. Seems a lot less important. Or, I failed my exams. My life is over. No, your life isn't over. You're to be part of the kingdom of God forever. That's the glory. What matters is this. We each serve each other in the kingdom of Jesus, now and forevermore. Cooking for each other. Praying for each other. Teaching each other. Making each other laugh giving each other hugs when it's allowed again, creating music if we can, doing architecture and creative design in group studies together, 
all looking forward to the world to come where all death, darkness, and loneliness has gone. So thank you for listening. At Christmas, Jesus gets what we're going through. He's been it, it, through it himself. You can talk to him today. He promises it's going to end, and he gets to give us a taste of what that coming world is going to be like, and it's church, and you're invited to join us. You cannot choose your season, but you can choose your song. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.